0: Luke chapter 15, in the next two Sundays, I want to hit this chapter, and I want to do the first half this morning briefly, and, well, maybe not briefly, but um, hit it in a way that can really understand God's heart for people. So let's just pray. God, we just ask you, Lord, to bless this word. Thank you for each person that's here. And we just pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to what your heart is, what your mind is what your obedience is and was for people for us for our neighbors for the abrahams the Kabbats, and then for our neighbors next door to us lord we ask you lord that you'd stir our hearts and to the love of christ we would, would be filled in our hearts and minds today in jesus name amen, amen. amen. luke chapter 15 and i want to read the first seven verses uh luke chapter 15 now you know sometimes i just like to go back to the gospels And just go through the Gospels. And just look at Jesus' heart and the way he was. And you know, as Billy was sharing, you know, like, just going down the street and stopping and sharing the Gospel with a guy selling honey. I mean, that's what Jesus would do, right? He's like, Jesus is walking down the street, and there's a guy right there. He's collecting taxes, and he says to the the guy, um, he says, you know, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew, he puts his stuff down, and he follows Christ. And that's the beauty of the Gospel. So Luke chapter 15 And let's read the first seven verses. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees, in verse 2, and the scribes grumbled. And I'm reading from the ESV, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told this parable. So Jesus hears that, and he says, I'm going to tell you a parable. And in verse 4, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it and when he has found it he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing and when he comes home he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them rejoice with me for i have found my sheep that was lost just so i tell you there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance so i want to bring out a few things and um I just want to go verse by verse through this chapter. And let's look at verse one. Now, the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to him. And then there's this group here, the Pharisees. And so Jesus was attracting, he was always attracting two groups of people in the gospel sinners and the religious. He was attracting, I mean, the religious were curious and the sinners were hungry. And. It seems that, you know, when, I, when we think about this, when we think about the church today, what kind of people are we attracting? What kind of people are coming to the church? And, you know, many times it's just the religious people. And we, I wonder, like, it, how, how is our message? Do we have our message right? You know, like, how many of us are living in our circles and we don't really talk to anybody ever that's not, that's not a believer? I mean, we have become in 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 our christian in our christian our churchianity we've become a church or we've become isolated in our circles of good christian people and how many times do we ever get to talk to somebody who's truly lost how many times did it happen and the pharisees uh they you know they see what jesus is doing here and jesus and they see the people that and we he sees the crowds coming and jesus begin the pharisees beginning begin to mutter And Jesus here begins to speak three parables in chapter 15. And these three parables show and teach us God's heart that seeks us out. What happens when Adam and Eve sin in the garden? What does God do? Seeks them out. Seeks them out. What happens when somebody sins in our life? We get on the phone. we're, We're like, we're knocking them over the head with a brick. You know, we're like, you know, we're judging them maybe. I don't know. But Jesus is seeking out people. And he is looking for people. And when I think about in our own personal lives, when we blow it, when we fail, when we fall down, when our humanity gets the best of us, what happens at that moment? God is seeking us out. God is seeking us out. He's calling out to us. I think that when we fail, when we have those moments of unbelief, when we live in just dark, that dark corner of our soul that we flee to when we are, When we're under pressure or when we feel vulnerable or down we go to that dark those dark places of depression or anger or whatever it is Uh, we need to get quiet and just listen to the voice of God calling us out Adam Adam where are you and that's not a voice of condemnation it's a voice of communion he's calling us out and saying I want communion with you I love you I'm seeking you out and here we read Jesus begins to tell this, these three these, these three kinds of lost people. Three kinds of lost people. In verse 2, let's look at that again. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this, man's rece- this man receives sinners and eats with them. You know, whenever we invite somebody into our personal sphere or into our home or into our schedule or into our lives, what happens is, is that we are saying, we're giving them an invitation to join together in community. Uh, we're inviting them to come in to our, our personal space and to share something with them. And that, that does two things. It invites them into our sphere and our personal, our personal space, but it also causes some vulnerability on our part that we have to trust God for. And you know, the, the reaction here of the Pharisees, they're grumbling, they're complaining because the Pharisees could not believe that Jesus wanted to include sinners and tax collectors. Tax collectors were especially bad people for the Jews at the time, because they represented the 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 overbearing. The, the they, they represented the um, the 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 dominion of the Roman Empire over Israel at the time. And this was for the this was for um, this was for people. That they looked at they looked at these tax collectors and they thought these are people these are especially bad people and Jesus and Jesus had them in his circle. Why was this? Why was this so unique? Why when we read about um, you know the sinners and tax collectors drawing near to hear him, uh, what is Jesus doing here? He's creating a community. He's creating a, he's creating something that never existed on earth before. Okay just focus with me listen with me i know that um, you know we may have heard this or maybe we've read these verses before but just follow me here jesus is creating a community that never existed on the earth before he is creating something that no one no human being has ever seen before and that's the body of christ jesus is creating the body of christ and as he's doing this as he's calling people into discipleship he's building something that something beautiful and so amazing is called the ecclesia the called out ones uh the lively stones he's creating a group he is forming a group of people and he's not forming it out of the top best high achieving parts of society he is he is calling people that are the despised the rejected the failures and the hated and many times when we look at the church today that's why it says that Paul says to the Corinthian church: It's not many mighty, not many noble, not many talented people, but it's just people that say yes to God that have such desperate need in their life that they have really no other where to turn. And so, in, in verse three, he told them this parable, and he begins to talk about the lost sheep. And uh, we can notice here about four things about, um, well, really three things about sheep that we can really apply to us as human beings. Number one, a, a sheep is really a stupid animal, and it really loses its direction very easily. It gets lost very easily, and when it's lost, it's totally helpless. Um, we are like sheep that are constant. We just like we're, we need to be constantly rescued. It's, it's, and we're in a place where we're like every day. I mean, there's just a moment where God just has to go out there with this Holy Spirit needs to quicken us with the Word and rescue our rescue our minds and bring us back. Um, You know, a sheep can contribute nothing to his rescue. The shepherd had to do everything to get the sheep home. Uh, A sheep really is very dependent on the shepherd. And then number four, we as humans are so utterly lost in sin and can do nothing to fix this. God's grace has to do everything for us to save us. And that is why we need a savior. And so lost sheep. When we think of the 99, these are 99, maybe these are 99 sheep that really, everything is really okay in their life. Ministry and the focus of the ministry of Christ, and we see action and what Christ is doing as a shepherd is very often going after the one. He's leaving the flock in open country. And that's interesting that it's brought out here in the ESV, that this is a place where it may not be so safe. Um, and I think that, you know, when we think about going after someone or when we think about rescuing, uh, of course, naturally minded, we're thinking, OK, let's make sure the 99 are OK they're in, But the, the, and we do need to do that. We do need to be a covering. But the point being here is, is that there's such urgency in the mind of Christ to go after you and I when we wander. There's such there's such a priority in God's mind to come after us. And you know, sometimes in our life, we've gotten out there, and we're just kind of wandering around in life, and then before we even know it, God connects us with a body of people. And this is what it says in Psalm 68, it says that God takes to solitary, it says this in the King James, God takes to solitary, he takes the lonely, he takes um, the people that are on their own, and he puts them in a family. I love that verse, it's just a, one of one of my life verses, because... You know, we're, we live in a society, and I think, you know, Texas, just as an outsider moving here, um, I just, you know, the Lone Star State. You know that in Texas, I really think that one of the, one of the, just the, the demonic things that we are, are wrestling with here is just independence and solidarity and just being on your own, like the Lone Star State. And I think that that really is part of just Texan DNA. It's like, you know what? Um, this state was formed because... The settlers came in and they had to fight, you know, tooth and nail for everything that just for survival. And this is in the DNA, I think, of Texans. And there's this lone star like we're on our own and we created our own republic, our own country. And we had, you know, we had not we had not one president. And, and, you know, we were, you know, uh, and then and then we're the only state that that was never conquered or purchased to be in the Union. And and this is a state that was invited into the union because it was gonna be, and you guys know the history way better than I do. I'm not gonna try to tell you any history here today. But it was invited in to be a buffer between, you know, between Mexico and the the union. And so I think that this is in the Texan DNA, like I got it, I'm on my own. I I have self-reliance, self-sufficiency, pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. And I think that actually actually came from Texas. But you know something, with that comes loneliness. With that comes a, a, a separate, with that comes this sometimes of wandering, I'm on my own, and, and I can't ask for help. I had one guy tell me, um, just born and raised in Texas, he said, you know, because you when someone asks for help, you know, people are very kind and very helpful. But after that, there's this tendency for people to look down on that person because they couldn't help themselves. You know, something in the kingdom of God, there's nothing we can do to change our state. When we wander, we're wandering, we're lost in our minds, we know better, there's just something, we're we're just kind of, we're overrun with discouragement like David was, we're overrun by temptation sometimes, we're overrun by fear, we're overrun by even just our health. I mean, we're just like, you know, sometimes we look at our health and we're just like, man, it's just unbelievable that, you know, we are so, so frail. And you know, sometimes we're just kind of wa- and sometimes we're just wandering in the fields that we think are great fields. And like there there are there are there are wild animals out there that are going to eat us alive. And then before we know it, we don't even see the shepherd coming. There's a shepherd right there. He says, Hey, why don't you not you come into the fold? And guess what? I want to say something. We need the fold. We need the fold. We need the church. We need the community. <laughs> we need it. And we need to be we need, to be, we need to be drawing near and gathering as much more as we see the day approaching. I'm the kind of person that was brought up on a, just getting together daily in Christianity. I mean, you know, maybe with one or two other believers, but just meeting together. Because every day we need to break bread. Every day we need to be embedded in community, praying and, and working together. And you know what's going to happen? God's going to rub us you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to, he's going to rub us. He's going to shape us because every portion of the body is needed. And don't let the devil tell you, you know, your portion's not needed. You're not important here. You know, they're going to meet on Sunday, even if I'm there or not there. I, I don't need to show up. No, that is just such a, that is such a lie from the devil. You and I, we need, we need your portion. And like, you know, when, when you show up, when we show up, and, and we just say, Lord, I'm here. I'm presenting myself a living sacrifice in this. What happens? Two things happen. We get edified, and number two, you're edifying somebody else. And I just want to say that we need community. This is the most amazing thing that Jesus is doing in His ministry. In Luke chapter 15, He's creating a community that is the that is that is rejected and that's the offscouring of the world. And yet, this is His prize uh, possession. This is the, the, he purchased us by his precious blood and so in verse 5 it says this is that when he has found it he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing and you know this really speaks to me because the shepherd here becomes one of the sheep he has to become one of the sheep we, we joke sometimes as pastors um, and it's really true pastors really need to smell like the sheep and we do I remember when we were in Iraq, and we were, driving down this, we were driving down this country road. I think we were on our way to Koya. And I was driving, and I looked out the window, the driver's side window, and saw not far from the, from the side of the road a shepherd with some sheep around him. And for a moment, you know, our eyes met. I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I just, this split second, like I understood the look. <laughs> I understood the look. He had this look on his face like, I'm tired, but I love these sheep. This is not easy, but I love these sheep. And I could be doing other things, but I'm out here with these sheep and I'm not with my family. I'm with these sheep and I smell like the sheep and these sheep like, you know, every I can't take my eyes off of them for a minute. Why does he do that? Because he loves the sheep. You know, this covid time of covid is really I think it's what it's doing is it's it's something that God it's much bigger than. Whatever, wherever the virus came from or what however people are dealing with it or whatever their response to it, way bigger than that. I think the virus is something that God has allowed into the Christian community to really just to check our hearts to really see where we're at, and I think it's just been a real challenging time for a lot of pastors, for a lot of churches. This is a time when a pastor could just say, you know what, this is my opportunity to exit, you know, stage right, stage, stage right. <laughs> I think it's just a time where, where I think as shepherds that we can we can step out and and um, and quit. And I think that during this time, you know, we get a chance to, as as shepherds, as pastors, to be in the midst of the flock. But something here really is beautiful, is that when he has found the lost sheep, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And you know what? The picture here is communion. The Passover meal always included three things. We know the bread, right, and we know the wine. But what's the third thing that every Passover meal was required in Exodus chapter 12? Do you remember? lamb a lamb was required to be there you know there's bread wine and lamb and when jesus here is breaking bread at the passover meal he is the lamb he's breaking bread which signifies his body and he's pouring the wine and drinking it and he said this is as my this is as my blood and jesus here becomes a lamb because he is walking in our stead you know when matthew chapter 6 says that The Lord knows what you have need of. And that Greek word there speaks of God knows by experience or by personal perception, E I D O, I believe is the spelling of the Greek word. How does he know that? How does God know in Matthew chapter 6 what we have have need of? God is in in heaven. And God, God, you know, we've never seen God. Like, you know, how does he know? And I think it's very simple. He knows through his son, because his son is God. Jesus is God, 100% God, 100% man. And here's Jesus breaking bread, and he knows. Uh, Jesus knows. He knows the sheep. He knows our life. He lived 30 He lived thirty years here, uh, knew every aspect of our pain and of our suffering, and he knows. And you know, when we walk through suffering, when we walk through hard times, the prophet Isaiah says that, that um, when you were in pain, when you suffered, I suffered as well. And I think that that God knows, God knows what we when we suffer. And you know what's really interesting? Jesus left community of the Trinity, and he came down to earth cre- to create that community on earth. He left, he was the beloved, he was the center of all attention in the Trinity. The Father loves the Son and the Spirit just reveals the Son, the beauty and the wonderness of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is in this community of beauty and, and love and just respect and honor and just this incredible uh, self-sacrificial love. And then, and then God says, I want this to be on the earth. I want, I want this to be, you know, I want my kingdom to come as on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. And so Jesus comes out of community. He comes out of the Trinity, not lessening himself, not changing who he is. He is, he is still uh, Trinity. He's still God, 100% God. And he comes to this earth, and he says to his disciples, I'm inviting you into a community, a community, a fellowship, a love, a secure, safe place like we have in the Trinity. And guess what, guys? That's the church. That's the church of Jesus Christ. That's us. It's you and I. That's us in this room. And I want to close, close with this. Wouldn't the devil like to attack the church in such a way to break down that community, to break down that joy, to break, that, that, break down that place of security and trust by, by, entering, by bringing in the flesh in some way, to, to destroy it with division, to destroy it with, um, with, with just the, the natural mindset uh, gossip and and malice, and like Peter talks about malice and slander and these things. And I want to finish with this, is that uh, in, in verses 6 and 7, and when he comes home, he calls his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And you know something? Jesus Jesus here is introducing communities, introducing the body of Christ, and he's, inter- he, he's introducing joy. He's giving us a, little, a bird's eye view of the joy in heaven when you and I, and you know something, when a one person repents, that can also be applied to a, a Christian who is living in an area of his life where he's being dominated by his flesh, by the passions of his lust, or, or whatever it is, he's just under this thing, and then this, and this believer repents, which means to turn away from this to look at this, and that's Jesus Christ, and there's joy in heaven, and in community in the church, like as we heard Billy talk about these beautiful testimonies. There's joy in our heart to hear this because that's what heaven is all. Uh, that's what is happening in in, in heaven. This there's this uh, the sheep has been found, and it's and 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 the sheep that was lost was lost because of um, how was the sheep lost? He was he was lost because of neglect because. Uh, that he was the, the 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 sheep was overlooked and that happens today very simply i want to close with this is that number one jesus came to bring this community that's in the trinity here on earth and i can't tell you how many times we talk with people here in this area that they that are parts of just really big and maybe even beautiful uh christian organizations and churches But I think what people really hunger for is that community. Acts chapter 2, the breaking of bread together, um, uh, each person sharing and not calling those things that are his own his own, and serving one another and and washing each other's feet. And then secondly, people discovering that uh, there is this love and there's this joy in this community. And that comes because of a shepherd that became a sheep. amen amen so let's close in prayer father thank you God that you have given us the opportunity to be a part of a community that never existed on the earth before the Church of Jesus Christ and there's something that's very beautiful very simple here and that's the beautiful part just the simplicity of it but there's no flesh that no flesh can make this work and um, it is, just, it is just a group of people that are surrendering to the cross and being available to be spoken to by God. Lord, I just pray that every one of us in this room would understand the value of our soul. This is what happens when we, when we lose sight of the value of our soul and we start wandering to get involved and to get engaged with things that we feel that give us value or that give us significance or meaning. And what happens is, is that... Um, We're going to be exposing ourselves to things that actually don't value our soul we're going to be exposing ourselves to people that do not value us that really want something from us and that want to take something from us and that whenever we wander and we look at the world or we look at other fields and we think that's where i can find significance and meaning and a sense of stimulation then the transaction always ends with with us losing and god i just pray lord that that you would keep us from that, Lord, that we would just continually draw near to you, as, as James says in James chapter 4, to draw near to God and that he would draw nigh to us. Lord, I just pray that if there's things in our life here, in, our, in this room, people in this room, that, that if there's something in our, in our life that, that um, is just beckoning us to wander, Lord, that we would just recognize that as an enemy of our soul, that we would cut it off, Lord, that we would draw near to the body of Christ, that we would not forsake the assemblings of ourselves together. And I understand we get sick, and I understand things like that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, Lord, that we would just have priorities um, and that we would, because we live in a church culture that has taught us that, like, you know, church is an experience. It's not a, it is not a desperate, it's not something that, that we really need. So, Lord, we need the body. We need to be embedded together, baked together in a loaf. And I just pray, God, that as we leave today, uh, that you would stir us up, and that we could have a, just a, we could just have a glimpse, a look, and a communion with the joy of the Trinity over you and I. Like, 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 like God said to the devil, He said, "Have you seen my amazing servant Job?" And like that goes on in heaven on a continual basis. God is like, God is just boasting about you and all of your weakness and everything that's going on in your life and all the questions that are going on in your life. He's just saying, "Look at," He's just taking you and put putting you in the devil's face and say look look at this and you can't do anything about it so father we thank you that you boast about us that you rejoice over us and lord that we would see that and we would keep ourselves in the love of god in jesus name amen